0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest. Get some
1: secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best.
0: Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with a great podcaster, a great voice actor, and a pal, Hal Lublin. Hello. Hello.
1: Thank you for having me back to your dojo. <laughs> my
0: dojo? That's mm-hmm. a very nice way to describe my apartment.
1: It's like a Star Wars dojo because there's so... Like, I want to paint just a, a, a faint picture for people. Please, because I love your, faint pictures. This is your private home, so I'm not going <laughs> to go into detail, but the amount of Star Wars... Every time I come in the door, I realize you've acquired new Star Wars uh, items, whether they're collectibles yes. or DVDs or books. Yes. And it's always incredible to me. Because I think at some point you could run out, and then I realize that oh, Disney no. owns Star Wars now. Yes. So you'll, they'll always stay. I think they did it because they realized you existed. Yeah. And they, they could stay one step ahead of you.
0: They need to set up some sort of direct deposit system where I could just give them a certain amount of money <laughs> per month, and then I could go to a store and say, I have these credits. <laughs> this so, this started as a joke, and now I think it's just a
1: business model. Yeah. Uh, it would be perfect. You yeah. just show your ID card. <laughs> All right. Here's your stamp and a Lando Calrissian travel mug. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, I would love that. I probably would like Lobot better, because he could drink right out of his head. It'd be that's, great.
1: That's true. And you need to turn it on with a little wrist, a little wrist watch. It. Let
0: me warm up my Lando cup. <laughs> this deal's getting better all the time. Yeah, the Force is out of balance in my home, because mm-hmm. I go out and I buy Star Wars things, but I do not buy uh, the more simple item of, like, a shelf to put them on. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just sort of like... You know what? What if we just build a mound in the corner? A tribute.
1: It's like game. It's like the Iron Throne, but it's just all Funko. You balls. can't sit on it, though. Those are collectibles. No, get away from that. It's don't, just for display. Don't sit on the collectible throne. It's like the Lego Hardwick that shows up at cons. Like, don't take yes. it apart. Hard- I get that they're Legos, but that's yes. that's art now.
0: I was recently at the Geek and Sundry studio where they have that Lego Hardwick sitting there. Yeah, And it does just look like this is an invitation for nerds to touch Hardwick. And then I know he's strong enough that Lego Hardwick to not fall apart. But it just feels like, I'm going to trip and I'm going to destroy Lego Hardwick. Yeah. And the entire universe will hate me. Exactly. You don't want to be very, the one. very, very frightening. <laughs> uh, anyway, but we're here to talk about good things, happy things. Not Lego destruction or sitting on collectibles, but <laughs> Spider-Man. Yes. I'm very excited to talk about Spider-Man. Me too. Um, I want to uh, give a quick shout out to uh, a listener, Rob Graham, who emailed me a little while back and was like, why... For the love of God, have you not talked about Spider-Man on this podcast? It's like, <laughs> a really good point, Rob. Uh, so shout out to Rob Graham. He is at Spidey004 on the old Twitter machine there. Uh, so I want to start. The new movie is coming out. Yes. The day that this podcast is being released. But when did your Spider-Man love start? When were
1: you first hooked? Well, I I am old enough that the original <laughs> Electric Company was on the air when I was a kid. Okay. So Spidey appeared. They never called him Spider-Man. He was always Spidey. Yeah. He was there to help you read. So I was indoctrinated into Spider-Man as a part of pop culture that that I regularly consumed at the age of like two or three. Yeah. So I was aware of him then. And even though I I always think that – when you're younger, you, you tend to be a DC fan until you hit puberty. Then you discover Spider-Man. You're like, oh, oh a teenager with superpowers who's <laughs> still a teenager.
0: Like there's hair growing on my body and Spider-Man <laughs> growing in my comics.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this hair is climbing up my chest, just like Spider-Man can scale a building. But I think you, you reach a, a point where you're emotionally maturing, and that's why people tend to gravitate towards Marvel, because they're – even though they're just as fantastic, there's a grounding to those characters, specifically right. Spider Man, who's the heart and soul of an entire universe. Yeah. So but because I saw Spidey as a kid, he was always sort of ever present and really cool and my my dad had these uh, comic book origins, like anthologies. So, oh, cool! I mean, his origin story all the time, and I I come by comic books from my dad, who still has his Amazing Spider-Man number one, where he's sealed in the elevator. Oh, yeah! And trying to break into the Baxter Building so he can join the Fantastic Four because he needs a job, <laughs> which is like what superhero needs a job. Yeah, he, he was the first that I can think of who didn't have any money and couldn't give up. His regular life didn't really feed into his work as a hero. He didn't have billions of dollars he could pour into technology. He didn't yeah. work as a reporter so he could find out when crime was happening. Uh, right. He made money taking pictures of himself. Because he's just kind of a geek. Them. Yeah, he invented
0: exactly. the selfie. Yes. And he, he should have been able to make a <laughs> lot of money off of that, but he didn't.
1: For people who
0: don't remember the electric company, like, uh, I remember watching it. I mean, it was kind of like uh, a, a another take on Sesame Street, right? Where you yeah. would have, like, live-action actors, and then you would have little cartoon animated bits.
1: Yes. It was a companion piece. It was another ch- children's television workshop piece, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And it had Rita Moreno. Bill Cosby was easy reader. <laughs> yeah. Uh, No, Morgan Freeman was easy reader. Yes, yes. Cosby, Oh, good. Bill uh, Cosby did something else. He did, like, bit bit pieces on it. But Yes. It was designed specifically to help with reading and reading comprehension and vocabulary expansion. OK, And
0: I, what were I only vaguely remember that Spider-Man was there. Yes, but I don't remember the actual sort of content of what he did.
1: I don't either. I seem to remember him climbing in a window, but like a window that was ground level. (laughs) Hey, kids, you want to read? Yeah. Yeah. And he had the... (laughs) 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 He would try to get you into that spider van that they sold through Hot Wheels. It was terrible. He really just wanted to help. There was nothing going on in there. It was like the Sweet Pickles reading van. Okay. (laughs) Uh,
0: So, yeah, so he... He, there was some live action presence. Yes. Which was more rare for like, you would read a comic book or you'd see a cartoon, but a live action was like, oh man. Yes. This is for real. Superheroes. <laughs> it's
1: come to life.
0: Uh, all right. So you started, you saw him on Electric Company. You started reading
1: the comic books? Yes. A little bit here and there. And then by time I was six or seven, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends was airing in yeah. syndication. So constantly there was some form of Spider-Man on TV for me to watch. And those cartoons are... While they're hokey, they're really fun. They introduce Firestar into the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, who I think got a, a, her own like limited run and then disappeared. I have no idea if she's still around. I
0: don't. Th- I think she's been rebooted in some way. I think I Googled it at some point. Right. <laughs> some late night alone with Whiskey. <laughs> Whatever happened to Firestar?
1: <laughs> that was the second tab. The first one was, where can I get more Star Wars stuff?
0: <laughs> yes. That tab took me a lot while. Yes. Uh, yeah, so the, the Spider-Man and his amazing friends... Was also kind of rare because, for the most part, you'd see like Batman or you know the Super Friends or whatever. But to have a, a Marvel character and then a Marvel character who played with other Marvel characters because yes. he was teamed up, he was roommates with Iceman and uh, Firestar, right? Yes. Uh, and to my recollection, a little bit of that essential Spidey character was captured well in that show. That yeah. he was still kind of struggling. And that he had a sense of humor, which I think is, like, a super important part of Spider-Man. Yes. Is that your recollection of that show?
1: Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, he was still sort of... Peter Parker was the guy who just can't win. Yeah. But on the other hand, when Aunt May left the house, they would hit a switch and computer screens and keyboards <laughs> would flip out from different areas. So yeah. So, like, somebody... Did did uh, uh, Bobby Drake bring in some of that uh, Xavier money to <laughs> yeah, maybe. build it up? Uh but yeah, it certainly retained it. The spirit of the character remained intact. Yeah.
0: And then did you eventually come to a point where you graduated from your father's comics and said, "I am on purpose going to religiously collect monthly comic books?"
1: Yes. Well, I came back into it. My father had sort of had cooled down <laughs> and then I we went through this pattern where I would get into a hobby That a a kid would get into. Okay. And that would spark his nostalgia and then he would get into it. So first was baseball cards. Okay. And so we went from like, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to trade cards with friends and I love opening the packs. That's the exciting part to now we're running a table at a baseball card show and we're selling stuff. Wow. And you buy entire boxes of the sealed wax packs, which you do not open. You also buy long boxes of entire sets <laughs> and you don't open those. So it becomes mm, I don't think this is my hobby anymore. Yeah. So when I got into comics, it was the same thing. I started reading like classic X-Men and Spider-Man um and a lot of Silver Age DC for some reason. And then my dad was like, Oh, I love comics. And then now he has gone with com uh, gone to Comic-Con with me every year since twenty thirteen. <laughs> And hunts down, like he spends his time looking for comics. Like actual, for real collectibles. Yes, he has a... If, if ever you're in Philadelphia, you you have to come to the house and see my father's custom cabinets that are built for all of his comic collection. Like
0: actual vintage comic books. Yes. Okay. Yes,
1: a lot, he does... He's... I think he's trying to collect the first 10 Superman. He has every... He has three through 10. Wow. So... But two and one are so expensive. Yeah. That it, like every year he's like... Well, there is a two. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. And just doesn't pull the trigger. Because <laughs> and my is it
0: goodness! Action Comics or uh, or Superman? No, it's Superman. It's not the action actual comics. runs. Yeah, because Action Comics is yeah sell a kidney yes, and a leg exactly <laughs> and your soul and a child. Yeah. Uh, so as you were then getting into comic books and being mentored by what is clearly the coolest parent ever, <laughs> did Spider Man gravitate toward the top or was he just a star of the marvel universe for you like now you have this adult perspective right. where you like you've got your geek opinion set where you know like, Yeah, sp- i have decided as a <laughs> as a geek adult yeah that, that spider-man is the heart and soul and here's my reasons why and i can enumerate them at geek parties
1: totally totally
0: but was spider-man that level of love back in the day
1: uh, he was always there. He was always in my heart. But I think in the in the early '90s and late '80s, I remember it was like Wolverine was the hottest character around. Yeah, the X Men were surging thanks to classic and thanks to like I think X Force was coming out around that time. X Factor yeah. around, yeah, X Factor. All of those sort of groups were kind of splintering off, but Wolverine was all over the place. In fact, I still have, um, I think it's from like '88 or '89. It's a uh, Wolverine and Spider Man, with Spider Man. I think is in the black outfit. Yeah, and they're in Germany. They're in either Germany or Soviet <laughs> Russia. Yeah, There's some odd like side uh, mission where they come together and have to work as a group. But he was Wolverine dominated everything. Yeah. So
0: so Wolverine was like your main guy back in the day. I actually liked Cyclops. I was a Cyclops guy. <laughs> Dad,
1: that makes a lot of sense. <laughs>
0: Because he's, uh, you know, Cyclops, no pun intended, is a straight shooter. Yep. Uh, He's, you know, he stands up tall and he tries to do what's right and he knows everybody thinks he's a dork and he wears glasses. Yes. (laughs) No wonder. (laughs) Nerds (laughs) really like Cyclops. Wolverine was like, that's who I should be, but I am Cyclops. Yeah.
1: I'm a Wolverine between the sheets and a Cyclops (laughs) in the streets. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, okay, so, but but you appreciated Spider-Man for his place in the larger Marvel cosmos?
1: Yes, and I think he, I mean, part of the reason I like Cyclops is I thought, wouldn't it be cool to be able to have, like, an optic blast? Yeah. And I love the visor. I thought the visor was The visor's cool. cool. But something about Spidey's power set... Always seemed so interesting to me. Yeah. The idea of being able to swing, you know, to, to be smart enough to build web shooters, of course. Yeah. But then be able to climb buildings and leap and be super strong and have his spider sense. Like, all that stuff is just, it's like the perfect... It's like the perfect set of powers to give a teenager yeah, and then a young adult because by the the late 80s, early 90s, he was living with Mary Jane and, yeah. and trying to become an adult but still had no money even though <laughs> she was doing well as a model. Like, uh,
0: Yeah, and he had that great sense of tragedy of not always wanting to be Spider-Man but having kind of learned again and again at that point in his story that the re- responsibility was his responsibility that he had to be Spider-Man. Yes, and I think there there was some interest in seeing being able to read like the teenage story and the quirky guy who deals with the hardships of life through comedy, right? And then the adult who's just like, well, I always have to be Spider Man, whether it sucks or not,
1: right? And he's aware he's in this sort of trap where if he's not Spider Man, the people he loves could die, as he learned with his uncle. Yeah, because he has the responsibility now with this power. But on the other hand, him being Spider Man is constantly putting his family at risk. Yeah, because people can know, people have figured it out. I think Venom, I think Eddie Brock figured out who he was, and there there was a storyline where Peter comes home for dinner, and Eddie Brock is sitting at the dinner table with his Aunt May. Yeah, like, has been charming her, and now he's going to threaten Peter Parker whenever they're alone. Yeah, like that's such a great storyline, great example of why like. Again, I keep coming back to Batman, who's a great hero. But yeah. There's n- nobody left but Alfred that can be hurt that will bother him. He's already lost, in a lot of ways, he's already lost everything. Yeah. So he has nothing to lose getting dressed up and going out and beating people up. That is his life. Like, that's the, he's actually Batman, but his, his alter ego is Bruce Wayne. Right. He, that, that argument gets made a fair amount. With Spider-Man, he's always Peter Parker. Yeah, and he's always going to have to be Peter Parker. He's not winning the lottery. He's not going to be able to make rent. <laughs> he's got an. He's got an aunt who inexplicably. I actually like in the movies that. Marissa Tomei is playing Aunt May. Yeah, I think that's great. She's the right age to be his aunt, rather than like. Do you mean great aunt? <laughs> yes. Are they, like, how old were how, how old his were parents? Aunts, yeah, did his parents just die of old age? Is that what actually happened? I think life was
0: just so much rougher back in the '60s that I think Aunt May's like 38 <laughs> <laughs> in those original comics.
1: That's true. In 1960, what was it 63? No 60, 61, 61 or sixty two. Yeah, life expectancy I think was forty. <laughs> exactly, was as old as you got
0: America was hard. All that secondhand smoke everywhere. Yep, coal they mines, real quick. Yeah, plastics, <laughs> all of it. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to ask. Uh, one of my favorite things about Spider-Man is his sense of humor. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, out of all of the superhero characters, did you get a passion for humor from Spider-Man?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I already was a comedy nerd, so he falls into that yeah. really well. Like, he's a smart aleck and a funny guy who is able to maintain his sense of humor throughout everything he does. And now you have Deadpool, which is, like, humor and meta, yeah. which Spider-Man never really has the benefit of being meta or never yeah. did. So, and that's been a tough thing, I think, to capture in film. Now, as as of this... Uh, the the day this comes out, I will be going to see the movie in the eve day. Yeah. I already have my tickets. Um, <laughs>
0: Hal Lublin Homecoming.
1: Yep. I bought them last week. <laughs> and uh, I, f- I feel like this version, sometimes you get a good Peter Parker, which I think Tobey Maguire actually was. Yeah. But the Spider Man just wasn't really written. Like, I think you can count on one hand the number of times he has a line that could be construed as like a sarcastic joke yeah. that Spider Man would make. And then. Andrew Garfield was like maybe a little closer. I didn't buy his Peter Parker because he's a little too good yeah. looking. Um, but his Spider-Man was at least a little more talkative.
0: He, he was talkative, but he, his jokes were kind of dickish. Yes. Yeah. They're kind of mean jokes. A little like, uh, uh, he, you know, he's like, come on, don't don't punch, you know, uh, punch. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was being a jerk.
1: <laughs> yeah. But this Tom Holland version captures like the uh, he's awkward as Peter Parker. You buy him as like this child all of a sudden has superpowers. Yeah. And that entire airport sequence. So Mark and I are going to do our best Spider-Man. Oh, in, for, in for We Got This? Yeah. yeah. And at, up to this point, we don't have full evidence on Tom Holland. Yeah. But the brief amount, I think he's in, what, like 20 to 30 minutes of Civil War? Yeah. But that's the Spider-Man that I've waited my entire life to see on the film screen because he does not shut up at all, which is partially nerves and partially just how he's wired.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's an interesting combination of nerves. I think it is deflection from his own feelings and yeah. in the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it becomes, as he gets older, a tactic yeah. of like, and there's just a, a little bit of that in Civil War of, I think at one point, one of the characters is like, are you ever going to shut up? Yes. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really interested to see that because we all know culturally, like I've made the joke, we're born knowing the origin story of Spider-Man, Batman, Superman now. Yes. Uh, so we know that there's tragedy there. And it sounds like some of the early reviews of Spider-Man Homecoming that they go a little bit lighter on tragedy. So if we all if we just see the humor that is clearly covering the tragedy, that's great for me.
1: Yes. and And I love that they're. Apparently not going back to the origin again because, as you said, it's sort of baked into our our subconscious at this point. Yeah. We've seen it in film enough times. We've read it. There are probably very few people that don't at least have some passing familiarity with what happened. <laughs> yeah. So you don't need to create a film where, well, this Spider-Man, uh, his uncle died. So we're gonna need <laughs> a heavy flat. Like if they flash back a couple times in the next one, that's fine with yeah. me. Uh, as a fan, but ultimately I, I like moving forward. Like We know this, who this character is now. Let's see him try to operate in this world and introduce us to Peter Parker's life now that he's Spider-Man, because that's infinitely more interesting to watch him try to balance those two personas.
0: Yeah, yeah. And to have some fun being Spider-Man, because I think that's some of the attraction to kids, yeah. uh, or, or teens who discover Spider-Man, of oh, that's what it would be a little bit more like, of, like, I would be delighted to have super strength, but then, like, oh, man, all these problems come with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, if you were a teenager... Or even a little kid and you had superpowers. Oh, the first thing you'd want to do is use them all the time, everywhere. Absolutely. And just, like, roam around and explore. (laughs) You don't immediately think, well, now I have a greater responsibility to humanity as a whole. No. To be a protector, specifically the neighborhood in which I live. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Friendly neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just want to use your powers to get what's yours. Yes. Yeah. And
1: ultimately, the lesson he has to learn that shakes him into being a hero is one of the worst lessons that anybody could learn. You know, it's unspeakable tragedy. For him to be turned that way. So, like you say, he's trying to cover up, he's masking this pain that yeah. he has w- with humor.
0: Yeah. So do you are you aware when you're doing that? Are you aware that when you are making a joke to deflect from something serious? Are you like mm, I'm I'm being Spider Man again?
1: <laughs> yes, that's what my therapist calls it.
0: Are you Spider Man? Are you Spider Maning? Please don't Spidey in the office. You don't have to do this. Uh, do you Do you think about that at all, or is it is that connection uh, more obscure?
1: Um, I you know I didn't consider it as much until you brought it up just now. Okay, I always think of like. Because he's he's way less angry. Yeah. Than than like his his story and Batman's story are somewhat similar. Yeah. Somebody takes away their loved ones early on, and they assume responsibility. In, in in Peter's case, he already has his powers. Yeah. In Bruce Wayne's case, he uses that as the impetus to train and become as strong as possible, and and guarantee that. That what happened to his parents never happens to anyone ever again, which is impossible to do. (laughs) I I remember in, in college, and we're still talking about Batman here, we were talking about super objective, which in acting is the thing that you want but can never have. Right. And I argued that Batman's super objective is saving everybody in the world. And the teacher was like, I think his super objective is saving his parents. So he can never do that. So he's driven and will always be Batman for that reason. And yeah. Spider-Man, I think, kind of has a similar thing.
0: Was your teacher Neil Gaiman? Because Neil Gaiman has said the same thing.
1: No. It was <laughs> Jerry Clark.
0: But now that I think about it... Jerry Clark has also written for yeah, Doctor Who, right? Do, yeah.
1: Does Neil Gaiman go around and, and uh, disguise himself as female drama teachers in he, Syracuse?
0: He, he is a master of disguise as well. Oh, I knew it! I've met Mr. Gaiman several times. In his Neil Gaiman form. And then, who knows... <laughs> In what other forms I've met. I have a surprise for you. (laughs) Rip. Rip. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Gaiman. Amazing. Yeah, but I think that's a great point about Batman. So what do you think is the the super objective, then, of Spider-Man?
1: I think it's to live up to the responsibility he has. Yeah. Which is impossible. Like, I think he wants to be the perfect hero, which he will never be.
0: Yeah, but there's still, he can still analyze that every time that he goes out. Yes. Whereas Batman's just driven and like, I'm going to get to this thing and I'm kind of lock away that it's impossible. I'm yes. not going to be cognizant of the fact that it's impossible. Whereas Spider Man can go out every day and like, I uh, stopped this robbery, but that one person did get hit by a flying brick yes. and they got cut. Did where do, where do I rate this on my Spidey scale? Yes. Yeah, of exactly. like, how bad did I mess up? Because he does have that guilt always. And he's insecure.
1: Yeah, he's an insecure guy. It's not like he became Mister Smooth all of a sudden. Maybe he did for a little while when he initially got the powers, and then he got smacked down by the death of his uncle. Yeah, it became oh, well, I'm not good enough. Yeah, that that became ingrained, and I think became a driving force in how he operated in his personal life and his yeah and his superhero life.
0: I think there's something in his powers too of like we from the outside see them as just cool, right. But as superheroes go, like, the, the classic superhero is, like, straight and tall and perfect, like Superman and Batman's physique. And he's usually, Spider-Man is usually wiry. Yep. His powers mean that he can do creepy things, like crawl up walls and crawl into people's <laughs> kids' windows to teach them how to read. Uh, but, you know, shoot webbing, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, the classic Spider-Man poses are contorted into, like, so... Uh, we, I think we see it from the outside as cool, but right. you can imagine how he himself looking at like Captain America or Colossus or whatever and going, I'm, I have superpowers, but I'm still a weirdo. Yep.
1: And he's reviled by the media. Yeah. He's painted as a villain all the time. So he's never, he's never, you know, I mean, to the lay person in New York, they think he's great. Yeah. But he's always fighting against somebody. Yeah. Uh, to, he just doesn't have that sterling image. Like you said, he's. He's scrawny still. Yeah. Uh, he has weird poses, all of which are cl- like, you could probably right now with a stick figure draw 10 classic Spidey poses. Yeah. That no other superhero does. <laughs> no. That that are gr- like really, they look really cool, but also nobody else does those. They, he doesn't have like the classic dashing into punch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think there is something really relatable about you come into your power when you're just you yeah and even if you c- can get to the point where you recognize that as a truth about humanity, you can still reflect back on yourself of like well, maybe my uniqueness and my weirdness makes me
1: bleh. yes yeah uh, exactly I don't like there there <laughs> there's always something about it like he'll beat up he'll thwart a bank robbery and then not have enough money for to get home <laughs> or can't pay rent like I think it was the um uncanny Avengers when all that happened, and he yeah. was briefly in that group, and he was looking for pay. And it was, this was, like, the, like, 2011, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Yeah. Like, he still doesn't have money. <laughs> All these he's years. He's still poor. He's still, <laughs> as Spider-Man, trying to get money where he can so he can keep his life afloat. Because yeah. He, just because he's Spider-Man doesn't mean he stops being Peter Parker.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think, yeah, he always carries that through with him and, and uh, knowing his limits. Uh, I remember uh, reading the Marvel role-playing game, uh, the the rule book that's mm-hmm. teaching you everything and that is a crazy rpg system but they use spider-man comically in a lot of it and it was like showing the strength levels right and there's a drawing where it shows spider-man lifting i think you know something relatively small like a dumbbell and then struggling to lift a car and then there's a shot of him just leaning up against an airplane going no way forget about <laughs> it and it's like that that's that great superhero it's not just like I'm bold I will do it i'll find a way it's just like This isn't going to happen, period. I have (laughs) super strength, but not that much. Yes. Forget about it. (laughs) That's Spider-Man to me. Um, I wanted to ask you some sort of Spidey in real life questions. Okay. If you had Spider-Sense in real life, what kind of things do you think would set it off in your day-to-day life?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I would know if my wife was mad at me (laughs) before I got home. (laughs) Like, I'm at the (laughs) door. Maybe I'll take a quick walk. (laughs) Um, and then, like, uh, if I was gonna sleep wrong and hurt my neck, <laughs> uh, this is really all about how sad my life is, right? Is that what? The, are we gonna cut out all the Spider-Man stuff? Yeah, it's just, it's just counseling. Yeah, it's like the small, the small things like that. Like, you don't pick that up, don't bend over that way. All yeah. of a sudden, the spidey sets would go off because nobody's throwing knives at me yeah. or swooping in from above in a vulture costume to k- try and carry me away. Yeah.
0: I mean, Uh, I think it's like a practical power, but it is one of Spidey's really unique powers in the way it's classically illustrated with the wavy lines coming out all around his head. There's something powerful about, yeah, usually it's that some villain who probably used to be his personal friend (laughs) is coming up (laughs) behind him to kill him. Yeah. he's like, what? And I think because of all the things we're talking about, him having such a pedestrian life, there's something that is even relatable to that of like, I just picked up the groceries. I'm on my way home to MJ, uh, and some shit is coming up behind me. And that's <laughs> it, that's what made me think of, like, what what are those things in real life where you're like, I'm just trying to get through my day, yep. trying to have a sense of humor about it, but some shit is going to come up behind me. Oh, and, like, yeah. can you have that, you know, could you handle it better if you had that split-second knowledge of, like, something Crappy is about to happen, and maybe I could
1: dodge it. Well, in L.A., maybe it's if somebody's going to cut you off or make a right <laughs> turn from the left lane. Like, there, there'd be all sorts of, because those are actually dangerous as well. Yeah. It could create, uh, hey, when you come up to this corner, a person on a bicycle is just going to ride through with no regard for the red light that is facing them. Yeah. Like, th- those things, I think, would actually trigger a Spidey Sense because it puts you in danger.
0: Yeah. And I think even like just being invited to do shows or specific gigs. Yes. Like if you, if a person's like, hey, we you know, we're gonna pay you a really small stipend, but man, the exposure's gonna be great, and then Spidey Sense like mm, <laughs> No, no, this is not gonna be a good experience at all. Copy like, credit and meals. <laughs> it's a big uh, big film shoot for an indie director, really just getting started. <laughs> and uh, we're pretty sure there will be meals, Spidey Sense.
1: <laughs> it's on spec.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I was thinking I would like it for Twitter because like I enjoy (laughs) Twitter so much and every once in a while I have a like a joke where it's like I just I want to make this joke but then I want to put Twitter down and then go do something else with my day and then there's certain tweets that like get a reaction often a negative one you know if there are things that people politically disagree with and then like (sighs) have to spend some time dealing with this so it'd be great (laughs) if I could just like before I hit send get like a little Spidey sense like. No, this tweet's going to derail your day. <laughs> Save it until you have time to deal with that. That's it. It can make your phone vibrate. <laughs> oh, yeah. My phone senses are going off. <laughs> um, have you ever in your life had a real, not not as serious, but could have saved Uncle Ben moment that you maybe recognized because of Spider-Man? Because I think that's, that's one of those lessons that's uh, like Batman. Again, you can extrapolate. Oh, well, you should have drive. You should train yourself to be the best. But there's something really powerful about Spider-Man's... You walked past a criminal and just... You walked past something bad that you could have stopped and just let let it happen.
1: You know, I, I guess it's a life well lived that I can't think of <laughs> one specifically. And not to get too heavy, but, you know, my mother passing away, I couldn't get a hold of her on the phone. Oh, really? So... Not that – there's nothing I could have done, to be clear, if I had been able to get a hold of her earlier. She was already gone by the time I was trying to call, which explains why she didn't answer. But uh, because of that, I always get nervous when I can't reach people on the phone. Okay. So I think, like, if I can reach them on the phone, then they're fine. It's not quite the same thing, but I do get that feeling of, like, there's something I could have done. It's just not the same as – I walked past the embolism that killed my mom and didn't <laughs> stop it. Like, there's nothing... Uh, right,
0: right. So you can extrapolate this idea out into taking too much responsibility for everything around you.
1: Yes, but I I guess it's. I'm lucky that I haven't walked past or just allowed something to happen that resulted in something really bad happening. It yeah. was nothing I can think of. Maybe I repressed it. Who knows? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Well, th- <laughs> I like this motto that you have come up with, which is with... Uh, normal powers comes great responsibility. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Which is maybe just the motto of Spider-Man. But I like, I think extrapolating out, not from Spider-Man's not stopping the criminal to he lost Uncle Ben. Yes. It seems like what you are doing is saying, I have an amount of time in my life Mm -hmm. that I could spend making podcasts or I could spend playing video games. Yes. And I'm going to take the responsibility to make sure that I reach out to other humans in my life. Yes. Because I don't – I want to make sure that they're healthy and safe and I can reach them.
1: Yes. I like to stay in touch with people in general anyway. Like yeah. I like to uh, reach out to people on their birthday and send them a message when I can't, like send a personal message to yeah. them. Just to them privately. Yeah. Uh, and I like to see people as often as possible. Yeah. I also like to play video games <laughs> and make podcasts. <laughs> but those things are good too. I'm not yeah. saying those things are bad. But, but there's a balance of, yeah, I don't, I try not to wall myself off yeah. from everybody.
0: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You're trying to be a friendly, um, Larger neighborhood, (laughs) Al Lublin.
1: Yes, we're in the global neighborhood now. It's It's a
0: global neighborhood, yeah. yeah. You can be everybody's friend, you can crawl in (laughs) anyone's window. That's the lesson (laughs) of the internet. (laughs) If you were going to come up with uh, a motto for yourself, like with great power comes great responsibility, not necessarily having to do with uh, the whole Uncle Ben origin story of Spider Man, but do you have like a motto
1: for me or for
0: Spider Man for you? For me, a Spider Man like. Because that's just—it's so powerful—and I feel like it's the thing that makes him always go like, eh, "I can't stop being Spider-Man." Because Uncle Ben was right. I have these powers. I should use
1: them. Uh, yeah, I borrow a, model, a motto from my father that he, I don't think he originated at all, <laughs> which is sort of the tenet of, of Judaism, which which I was raised with more culturally than religiously. Which okay. is leave the world a better place than you found it. Oh, which nice. also translates to last One out turns the lights off. Okay. So that's something I think about a lot. In assessing my life so far, uh, are there things I've done to make the world a better place, even in small ways? Yeah. Um, And not that creating entertainment is the be all and end all, but I like to think that's part of what I've been able to provide for some people. Yeah. Uh, in addition to other things like not always throwing trash on the street <laughs> <laughs> and treating people with general respect and dignity. Yeah. Those things are all great. I yeah. like those things. It's uh, the small things.
0: Yeah, but I like um, the leave the world a better place than you found it. Yes. Um, yeah, because I feel like things like uh, a podcast that people like yeah. is leaving the world a better place than you found it. If it, and especially like I know your podcast, we got this. You have uh, a lot of diehard fans, mm-hmm. and I know you're committed to having a certain amount of levity to it. So it is a joyful experience for people. Yes. And I think that's absolutely like, I think if Peter Parker wasn't bit by a radioactive spider, he would have tried to have a very positive fun podcast. Oh, he totally would be a podcaster. <laughs> absolutely. He's got a great sense of humor.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, Peter Parker start a podcast as a way to make money, which would be the most Spider Man thing to possibly yeah. do. Here's how I'll strike it, Rich podcasts. <laughs> I can be just like
0: Mark Marin. Yeah. I'm going to do the Peter podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what would, if Spider Man did a podcast, if actually Spider Man, so he, I mean, he's obviously Peter Parker, but if he realized I am sick of the cops in the media always thinking that I am a bad guy, how can I reach out? podcasting
1: oh for sure yeah although Peter Parker did a podcast it would probably be about science
0: yes oh for sure yeah technology oh absolutely
1: the spider-man podcast would be him bringing guests on to try to convince them how great he is (laughs) like no I'm really helpful and that it would never go well Oh I yeah, feel like, like he would come out, come off looking poorly because he's not an orator like Captain America, is who can rally the troops.
0: Right, right, right. So Spider Man's podcast would just backfire. Mm-hmm. It'd be backfiring with Spider Man. Yeah,
1: it would be like the worst version of of uh, WTF, which is a great podcast. But yeah. the idea of like, who are you? Why are you important? <laughs> but that's what the guests would be asking him.
0: Oh, be attacking spider Man's yeah, stop
1: tearing down our city. <laughs> Credibility. <Yeah. laughs>
0: oh, that's great. Um, I feel like the Spider-Man mantle has been taken up by a lot of different characters now mm-hmm. uh, in the Marvel Universe. And, like, I don't know Miles Morales well. Right. I know a lot of people are excited to see. I think there's the animated uh, movie that's going to be coming out with him. Are you caught up on other versions of Spider-Man? Are you caught up on, like, uh, Spider-Gwen, which is, like, a totally different character? Right. Uh,
1: no, not really. I'm aware of them, and I think it's great, because why wouldn't there be... First of all, there's a, they're dealing with a multiverse. Yeah. Second of all, it's reasonable to assume there could be other people with a similar power set. Yeah. Uh, if they were, you know, like, Thor's been passed on as a mantle to a woman. It's great that there's a female uh, uh, spider character. Yeah. It's great that there's a person of color... Who is a Spider Man? Yeah. That, that representation is important and they can all exist together. It's great for Marvel to be able to sell books of all of those characters. Yeah. So everybody can enjoy them. And I think I, I just haven't read as many comics now. So yeah. I'm like, like, Spider Gwen, pass. <laughs> uh, right.
0: You're just not uh, reading as many comic books right now. Exactly
1: um but it'd be interesting to see those characters pop up in the cinematic universe now yeah it's in sony's hand. that there's such a weird deal between marvel and sony where everybody's i think fans are trying to figure out like who so does marvel gets to choose all the movies that are being made right and then it becomes amy pascal going oh we're making venom and black cat but they're in the same reality yeah what does that mean
0: they're in the same reality but not really, but Spider-man's gonna make an appearance, but no he's not and like it changes every day. But what I wanted to ask you, understanding that we we're having this conversation, just awash in ignorance of these other characters because neither of them ha- neither of us have read them. Yes. what do you think the essential character of Spider-Man is? because I really like you were saying I like the idea that this mantle can be passed. And I think in, in the case of Miles Morales, at least in some versions of the story, it, it really is that Peter Parker passed on the mantle to Spider-Man. So, so we know the story of Peter Parker well. Yes. And we've talked a lot on this podcast about how he operates as Spider-Man, but he's always Peter Parker. yes. But then there's this story of people see Spider-Man from the outside and don't know what we, the comic book readers, necessarily know. What do they see as Spider-Man? Who is Spider-Man?
1: Well, I think they're divided. To some of them, Spider Man is like a sort of a working class hero who saves people yeah. and is beloved. And then other people, he's a menace who creates destruction wherever he goes. And it becomes the chicken and the egg, I think, of are there all these villains because of Spider Man? Or does Spider Man exist because we have all these villains and somebody needs to deal with them? Okay. And that's that could be seen as a political divide or a yeah. societal divide or a, a monetary divide. Uh, But it just depends on what you see in that situation. Is it, yeah, this weird guy who's swinging around, and all I know is what I really is what I read in the newspaper. Because if you're in New York, yeah, what are the chances you're going to see Spider-Man? Yeah, probably not that great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So you're really you're either depending on word of mouth or on what you read (laughs) in the media, which are two different things. It could be I've actually seen him or I read the Daily Bugle, I've been a a subscriber for thirty years and I really trust their reporting and they're saying that Spider Man is a menace. Yeah. So I gotta make sure if Spider Man shows up in my neighborhood that he knows he's not welcome. Yeah.
0: I like the idea of word of mouth and like social media, which I think is going to play a bigger deal uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. But, I mean, social media is just <laughs> really effective word of mouth. Yes. But like, I really like that scene in Spider-Man 2 where he saves the train, a mm-hmm. you know, very working class move uh, to save everybody on public transportation. Yeah. And they take the mask off and there's the one guy who goes, it's just a kid. Yeah. And I like if that idea traveled that somebody who is young and hated by the media, by, like, the proper structure of the world, the proper power of the world, can go out and do it, then anybody can go out and do it. And I I think maybe that's what Spider-Man becomes when he is free of Peter Parker, of just that idea of, like, anybody can be and anybody should be a hero.
1: Yes. Yeah, uh, 100%. And I think he changes minds and hearts as he encounters people. Yeah. Even in that, what I thought was really bad, Amazing Spider-Man, he saves a construction worker who later on helps him out to to quickly get to uh, whoever it was, Lizard was in the first I I think it's Lizard, yeah. I barely remember. I've done (laughs) such a good job of blocking a lot of that movie out.
0: (laughs) Why did that movie make you so mad?
1: Uh, It's just like the tone. It's like hearing somebody sing a song you like and they're just flat. Oh, okay. So the whole time you're like, no. Nope. And <laughs> I really once they once they messed up the origin story. Yeah. And made it like this big conspiracy, which I think is something that maybe has been touched on somewhere in the comics if it, yeah. if so, it's a lot more recent and I've not read it, but it just took away that essential idea of who Spider-Man is. There's no need to redo that origin. Yeah. It it stands the way it does for a reason, and that's part of the, that that's part of what I love about about this marvel version not even touching it like you know by now
0: yeah you know
1: so let's just see him live his life but that that ruined it enough for me yeah that it made it difficult to watch like i can't it's hard for me to watch again going back to batman it's hard for me like the tim burton batman gets worse every time i see it oh really because the joker's not responsible for batman's parents death (laughs) when he kills the fucking joker yeah then he's already solved the crime of his parents being killed.
0: Oh, interesting. Oh, you think he's redeemed? If
1: he decides to, like, it doesn't bring his parents back. I get that. Yeah. But, like, the version, the, the Christopher Nolan version was way better. That he knows the guy who did it, then he watches the guy die, so he'll never get satisfaction. Yeah. And that ultimately happened in the comics anyway. Joe Chill dies, yeah. I think, in his arms.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think in, in one of the versions of the comics, yeah, they, you like know. the
1: earlier version, like in a train in a train yard somewhere, Joe Chill gets shot. Yeah, and he is like, "Well, that now the guy who killed my parents is he's dead." Yeah, so that that case that's a cold case for that's unsolved <laughs> and open forever. I can't, okay, I never got my revenge.
0: Right, and by making it a conspiracy theory, there is more for Spider-Man to poke around with and kind of solve this this problem as well. And he he shouldn't be able to solve in any way what happened to uncle ben it's just it did
1: yeah yeah Yeah. that's the thing of it is it's 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 his fault
0: yeah interesting he
1: carries that guilt around forever yeah batman just watched something horrible happen he wasn't there's nothing he could have done as a child yeah he was powerless yeah
0: interesting interesting so i wanted to ask you because i am a jerk and i like to play uh bug the voice actor Okay. (laughs) One of my favorite parts of the whole Spider-Man mythos is J. Jonah Jameson.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: So would you be willing, as a voice actor, to portray J. Jonah Jameson and, and yell at me about
1: something? Sure. Uh, I, I I have to base mine off of J.K. Simmons. Because I Absolutely. It's such great it's such Scrimshaw, ca- get in here. you got Star Wars toys all over the office. We can't have that. This is a professional newspaper. I need that Spider-Man on page five right now. Page four, page three, page two, page one. And put an ad in the back just in case. Scrimshaw, get that Darth Maul standee out of my office. I don't care how much room you've run out of in your place. Get a shelf. Beautiful. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions these are questions i ask everybody on every episode of obsessed or variations of them just to see how obsessed they really are do you think about spider-man every day Lately, I do. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Building up to that movie.
1: Since I saw him in the MCU, since I first caught a glimpse of him and knew he was going to be in there, I probably think about him every single day. Yeah.
0: Before that, let's say in... What what was the lowest ebb of your interest in superheroes? (laughs) And then things took a turn. (laughs) And then things... (laughs) Um, oh, man. Were you... uh, Because you clearly stopped reading in the two thousands at some point. I
1: did, but I never stopped being a fan of the characters. Yeah. So I still thought about them a lot, even if I wasn't taking time to read. And by two thousand,
0: the Spider Man, you had X Men, and
1: Spider Man was coming out. Yeah. I did extra work in the first Spider Man movie. You did. I did. Which scene are you at? The parade? The no, the wrestling scenes. Oh, you're in the wrestling scenes. Yeah, I'm in the crowd. Oh, can you find yourself? No. One time, (laughs) I thought I did, but I think it was just a blob.
0: I thought I found myself. Yeah. The Hell Lublin story.
1: But that was awesome, seeing, like, the stunt guy and wires doing the classic, yeah. like, Spider-Man up against the side of the cage. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's
0: great. Okay, so Spider-Man is, is almost always pretty present. Yes. But right now, an everyday thing, but maybe not always.
1: Yes. He's always yeah, he's never too far away.
0: <laughs> what makes you like now you're in the ramp up to Spider Man homecoming, so you're in the excitement of it and the whole world's gonna be talking about Spider Man for at least a decade if they if Sony has Sony and Marvel have their way. Yes. Um what makes you think about Spider Man when it's not anticipation of seeing a new movie?
1: I just love the character. Yeah. And he's just an interesting character to think about and he's had some very interesting storylines and the artwork for him has been so iconic. Okay. Uh, from the Ramitas and, uh, even the stuff that Todd McFarlane did. Yeah. Uh, I still remember the Spider-Man comic came out in like 1990 and there was a gold and a silver Mm -hmm. and they were worth a ton of money and then they were worth nothing Nothing. because they did so many printing runs. Yes. And we had like a few of each like this will pay for college. (laughs) Everybody
0: thought that in 1990. That was a harsh lesson in how economics work. (laughs) Yes. Oh, supply and demand. Oh, (laughs) oh, I think I understand now. It was very painful. Uh, Has Spider-Man ever made you weep? with joy or sorrow or That's hunger
1: Possible? <laughs> did I cry when I saw him in Civil War <laughs> it's possible <laughs> you Sometimes like Civil War a lot I did I saw it four times the weekend it came damn. out damn uh, I uh, there are times where a movie will make me weep just because I think it's such a well done like Oh, everybody put a lot of love into this, yeah, and it got realized. I think the way that they would have wanted it to be, and yeah, this crowd is loving it. That atmosphere is very emotional for me, so I'm sure it's happened. Yeah, I don't know if I if I wept during. I might have wept during like watching the trailer, <laughs> just like not like bawling, but
0: but just a single tear yeah. of joy. Yeah, yeah. I think that there was a time that I watched the 2002 Sam Raimi Spider-Man mm-hmm. where I was like having various relationship problems. And that first movie is so good at pulling the strings of his tragedy of like, no matter what he tries to do, you know, he, has to, he loses Uncle Ben. He has to push uh, Mary Jane away. His best friend hates him for something he did not do. yeah, uh, and, and that was one of the first movies that did a really good job of viscerally having the villain beat the crap out of the hero. And yes. I remember thinking that was really powerful at the time. So uh, I, I think there was a time where I, I had uh, a hell of a reaction of like, I have to call everyone I know. <laughs> 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 Make sure that we're okay. Uh, so thank you very much for that, Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, if Spider-Man was real, would you want to meet him? Yes. That's no hesitation. 100%. Okay. Would you want to be rescued by Spider-Man or would you like want to go out for coffee with Peter Parker?
1: Both. I don't know <laughs> if I want to be saved by Sp- – like I want to help Spider-Man somehow. Yeah. But it would be cool to hang out with Peter Parker too just because he's obviously a brilliant inventor. Yeah. That's the other thing is like he – he, even his scientific power is put towards the greater good. He's yeah. He's not there trying to – you know, secure a spot on Shark Tank for some new invention <laughs> he has. He's working on web shooters. And yeah. Like, he's a boy genius. Yeah. And that's unrealized in the financial world or, or capitalist world because he's too busy having to be Spider Man. Yeah. He doesn't oh, have the interesting. Time to develop that. He's got to get his homework done. And try and get a little bit of sleep, but then he's usually out at night as Spider-Man and sometimes during the day. yeah. He's got to balance all that.
0: He's worried about meeting, uh, you know, impressing girls and yeah. maintaining his friendships at high school, yeah. Um, Do you prefer the web shooter, that he makes the web shooters? Because that was so controversial in the 2000s when they just came out of his body.
1: Yes, yes I do. I didn't like the organic web shooters at all. And my understanding is, and maybe this is apocryphal, that Sam Raimi said, well, I didn't believe that a kid could create those when I was younger, so I just made them organic. Yeah. Which is kind of like, isn't your whole thing make pretend? Isn't that what you do for a living? <laughs> yeah. You think it's uh you know what? I didn't have Ash put a chainsaw on his hand because I didn't really imagine that was something somebody can do. No, when you're yeah. a kid, also, what kind of kid were you? Yeah. You uh, lack that imagination? I
0: think he is a horror film writer and director who said you'd be pretty cool if just copious amounts of webbing came out of a child's body that's a horror movie get a little horror movie in here and you're right it neglected the uh brilliant scientist so he could have done all these other things like you're talking about he could have been the shark tank winner so if you did meet him what would you talk to him about would it just be the science would you try to get him on your podcast
1: yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to have, have him on as Spider Man or Peter Parker. So if
0: you've got Spider Man on, we got this. Uh, we got this. Is obviously a, a podcast where you decide, you debate dumb pop culture. Yeah, debates.
1: What would you have Spider Man debate? Probably best building in New York since he swung off of and climbed <laughs> up so many of them. Like he would know. Like, here's, I know the Empire State Building looks great, but when you get up to the very top, on top of it, does it support your weight? Yeah, Yeah. like they don't, it's kind of sways too much, and they don't really wash the outside of the windows, and the brick needs a power washing or whatever. So I think that that would be an area where Spider Man would have a lot of expertise.
0: I think that's great, and I think if he came back for a second episode, you could follow up with best public bathroom in New York. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Parker would be a good person to talk cameras with, by the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if you were being launched into space (laughs) and you could only take 10 things with you, would a Spider-Man object make the cut? An action figure or a comic book or a Blu-ray?
1: You know, if the Spider-Man movie is, is that good, (laughs) it might make the cut. You would make the, all right, we'll see. Or it would be like, can I cheat and be like an iPad loaded with movies? Sure, why not? Because then he's definitely coming. Then he's definitely. But you
0: can only have 10 movies on the iPad.
1: Oh, yeah, because Civil War would probably be on there. Okay. Or this Spider-Man. Depending, like I don't know where it's going to fall. Like I have my own ranking of where all the films sit, and I think right now Civil War is far and away number one just because okay. of what they were able to pull off yeah. in two and a half hours without... Either they were able to do service to the characters, continue the story. It had huge ramifications moving forward. Yeah. It gathered together almost everything that had happened in all the films before it. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's kind of hard to top that one. But yeah. I'm very excited to see Spider-Man come home yeah. and, and be done right by the studio that's been sort of crushing their own material in, in the, the, the yeah. film medium.
0: And if Spider-Man Homecoming is mostly a really fun romp mm-hmm. that executes the Spider-Man character perfectly. Is that all you need?
1: Yeah, I, do. I mean, it's not... It, his stories are different, and that's the the brilliance of the MCU, if you pay attention, is that these movies are different movies. Yeah, Winter they're Soldier's not cookie cutters. Yeah, it's a political thriller. It's got those action sequences, but it's uh, way more, uh, what, Three Days of the Condor? Yeah. Than, than it is... Like Iron Man in any way, yeah. And
0: I think Doctor Strange is just a very elaborate uh, midlife crisis yes. put to film, which is why yes. I enjoy it very much. Oh, it's so good, <laughs> so good. Yeah. So if you if it is just kind of getting back to really classic early Spider Man, and I'm sure you know in in Ultimate Spider Man and Miles Morales has been and Spider Gwen has been recaptured that feeling of just I am young, I am powerful, I am confused and frightened. Yes. And I'm just trying – that small pedestrian story of I'm just trying to get through a day and also I can crawl on walls. Yes. And, like, that's all it is. That's great.
1: Yeah, because think about where he was left off. He just went from being a teenager who people had seen in YouTube videos in his homemade costume to yeah. you know, having Stark tech on him. Yeah. And going toe-to-toe with every hero outside of the Guardians of the Galaxy that had been introduced up to that point. And now, like, afterwards – he goes back to being a teenager. Yeah. How do you go back? Like, I love the idea that the film has to deal with that. Yeah. How do you go back to being a teenager? How do you deal with teenage life while all you want to do is be this superhero? Yeah. And from from all accounts that I've read from reviews, that they, they handle that really well. Cool. That, that those moments are actually even better than the action set pieces or the character moments in, yeah. in, in high school. Awesome.
0: I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, If you... And your wonderful wife renewed your vows, and you invited me to your renewal. Yes. Would you be okay with it if I showed up dressed as Spider-Man? I
1: would. <laughs>
0: <laughs> would you be happy? <laughs>
1: uh, I would. I think my spider sense would start tingling immediately. <laughs> You're not
0: sure if, uh, if Jennifer would be?
1: I think she'd be a good sport about it. <laughs> that might not be her first choice for a vow renewal, although she enjoys Spider-Man just fine. I yeah. Mean, she's Hung through all of those movies with her. Okay, me.
0: she's and is she, she excited for Homecoming?
1: Uh, I think she's she'll be excited to see it probably on home video. I don't okay. know that she cares one way whether she sees it in the theater. Yeah, but she's very supportive of my how much I enjoy it. Like, okay, every time I've shown her a trick, like I showed her the. I showed her the Civil War trailer when it first came out, and she was busy, so she didn't quite notice it. Then I had her sit down, and I showed it to her again. <laughs> and when Spider-Man showed up at the end, she went, what? <laughs> and she went to see it with me and was really excited, both excited to see the movie and excited for me to get to see the movie. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, I like this. I don't know if I would do this, but I like this picture in my mind of you having a lovely renewal ceremony. And all your friends are there. You got a lot of sharp dresser friends in your life. You yeah. PF Tompkins in there wearing a nice suit. Yep. <laughs> and then just some guy in the back wearing a full Spider-Man costume. You don't even know who that is.
1: I kinda want you to wear a Spider-Man costume <laughs> now. I think it'd be great. Now I'll know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> now Especially you'll know. Because you'll be wearing a black Superman t shirt over <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, real casual. Real casual.
0: Black Spider Man hoodie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Would you wear underwear with Stanley and Steve Ditko's face on them? in order to celebrate Spider-Man, Ugh. to wear the faces of his creators on your was, nethers.
1: I knew you'd make this difficult.
0: Why couldn't it just be Spider-Man underwear, which I would wear in a heartbeat? Exactly, because well, I know that you'd yeah. probably just go like, well, actually, take a look at this.
1: Do you really think Stan Lee would allow Steve Dicko to be in the underwear with him? <laughs> I invented underwear. <laughs> I've been advised by my attorney to say that. <laughs> True believers, buy my, B- my BVDs.
0: My BVDs, but no, nope, nope, in my headcanon. You don't get Stanley Spider-Man underwears. You don't get underwear that on the elastic band says, the creators of Spider-Man, without a little (laughs) Stanley in the front, Steve Ditko in the back, or even the other way around.
1: Isn't that what a mullet is? (laughs) I'm Lee in the front and Ditko in the back. Ready for Um, a party, yeah. Yeah, sure. Why Why not? not? Yeah, They're my underwear. It's my special, it's my Meryl Streep secret for the day. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's why I love uh, talking about... You know, different ways that we express our obsession, or our geekdom, because underwear is like that fascinating one of like, in general, not going to share it with a lot of people. So it's just, what do you know? Yes. What do you, what you know about yourself, about your private
1: celebration? I do that with socks, because I got, I used to wear just white socks all the time. Yeah. Which is probably not the best for me, <laughs> not the best look. And then uh, somebody at a shoe store was like, you know, you can wear color socks with it, and it's really nice. So now I just buy, like, I have like Argyle socks and stuff, but... I have my geek socks. Oh, nice! And uh, my sports socks that are all like patterned, and I okay. wear them all the time. And they
0: just put a bounce in your step, right?
1: Yeah, like I feel like, oh, this is—it's a, a way for me to express things that I like and be comfortable, whether anybody really sees them or not. Like I'm happy to be wearing them. They yeah. make me feel better. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, if that
0: underwear came to life like Venom, would you keep it? <laughs> No. Good right. Lord.
1: I'm right. taking over your body. My run is almost through. So now I'm going to own you, Hal Lublin. Excelsior. And take over your slightly younger, less in-shaped body.
0: Fair enough. There's some plot holes I need to work out in this fan fiction <laughs> that I'm making. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. If the only way you could see your favorite Spider-Man movie is by stealing it from Walmart, would you do it?
1: Yes. Yes. Walmart's not nice to the people who work there. <laughs> Fair Take enough. them down a peg. All right,
0: what if it was a mom-and-pop store? Because this is the contradiction between your great love of Spider-Man versus what Spider-Man stands for. The only way you can see it, see it again is to steal it from a mom-and-pop store.
1: Oh, man. I don't know. They Maybe they're bad people. <laughs> I'd I'd have, I'd, Uh, I'd, truth is, I don't even know if I could steal it from Walmart. I just would feel, like, I'd be racked with guilt the second I'd be like, Spider-Man wouldn't steal his DVD on a store. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, probably. Well, you know what I would do? (laughs) What if I went there with, like, a laptop and just watched it in the store? (laughs) Okay, fair enough. This one was already open.
0: You would try to cheat the system. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. I like that. I like the idea that they would play it like 10 minutes of the movie a day on their like display screens, and you'd have to go to Walmart every day, watch 10 minutes, and then the next day at four o'clock, they play the next 10 minutes.
1: right, anyway, set, up, set up one of their lawn chairs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm very happy with how much you struggled with that. That will help me in rating your obsession. Oh, good. Uh,
1: if you had to evade
0: a bear to get into Spider-Man Homecoming, would you try to evade the bear? Not fight the bear, find a way around the bear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because bear evasion, that's just a part of life, right? Yeah, you
1: put a picnic basket in one corner, <laughs> and you come in from the other corner. tail yeah. is old as time.
0: Yeah, but you are desperate to see this movie. Like, I guess. It, like, it would be huge problem if something blocked you from seeing this movie, right? I
1: would be very sad. I, I bought my tickets, like, ten days in advance, yeah. which I thought was by then was too late, because I like to as soon as the pre-order is ready. Yeah. Like, I remember when Force Awakens came out, I sat online and i bought i think 3 sets of tickets cuz i didn't know what i wanted to see, which which format i wanted to see what time yeah, what, what place yeah and then eventually like i dropped some and then went to see it multiple times elsewhere but yeah i like to uh i like to have my seats staked out i like being there opening night for Movies that are important to me. Yeah. Okay,
0: cool. So you, it's bear worthy. Final yes. How Obsessed Are You question. If every time you thought about Spider-Man, an actual spider appeared in the room with you, would you still think about Spider-Man? Oh,
1: shit. No, what kind of spider? Just a small little spider. Yes. normal spider. That not radioactive okay. at all. That would be okay. If it's just a little harmless house spider. <laughs> yeah, not a that'd tarantula. Be if it was like, yeah, an Argentine or Brazilian like, bird-eating spider. Yeah. I would be done.
0: But that means when you watch a Spider-Man movie at home... There are going to be a lot of spiders by the time you're done.
1: Oh, not not like, just one that hangs out the whole time? Like every time I think about it, yeah, because it's like one thing. If you're appears. like you're
0: at work, you're doing your job, and you like you, you think about Spider Man for some reason, like one oh, appears, yeah. like fine. But you sit down to fully commit to Spider Man, watch Spider Man, do a podcast about Spider Man. I mean, man, it'd be everywhere. Oh no.
1: This sounds terrible. It really does. I'm I'm definitely afraid of spiders. Oh, are you? Yes. That's fascinating. Yeah, I'm glad we got to this just at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: now we're going to start our second podcast. This is going to be a two-hour (laughs) Spider-Man podcast slash counseling session. So is it nightmarish to you to imagine being bit
1: by a spider like Spider-Man? Yes. Well, the spider that bites him is a little teeny one that yeah. I'm okay with. I'm really afraid of tarantulas like de- like somebody showed me a picture of one once not knowing and I yeah. jumped out and ran out of the room. I was like, nope, nope! Because it could come, <laughs> you don't know, it could come yeah. off of that screen. I don't even like saying the word or seeing it in print. Okay. That's how frightened I am.
0: I'll call it the T-Spider then. Yeah, so you don't have that's to-
1: right. <laughs> so is it the freeness of
0: the T-Spider that bothers you? Is it that it is unnaturally large? Is it what bothers you about Mr. T Spider? When I was a kid, <laughs>
1: I'm almost been that web, sucker. Uh, around the corner from where I lived was a pet shop. was Doctor's Pet Shop on, okay. on Castor, I think. No, Cottman. Cottman Boulevard. Or uh, Cottman Avenue. And we would go there to get food for our dog. Okay. And they had like a giant pane of glass. And then behind that were all the cages where they kept the animals and also tanks where they kept like gerbils, lizards, and one tarantula. Okay. And I would see it. And it would just be sitting there. And every once in a while, like one, you know, the one leg comes up. yeah. And I just, all I can imagine was that it was on me and going to inject me with poison and kill me. Okay. It was just, it was so creepy. It's the creepiness of it. Yeah. The really creepy animals, they scare me. Yeah.
0: Do you think that's why J. Jonah Jameson hates Spider-Man? Did he also have a bad experience with a T-Spider when he was a child? And there's just something about Spider-Man that creeps him out? Possible. Yeah. It's possible.
1: Well, there is, and there's a villain called Tarantula. Yeah. He's in the first Spectacular Spider-Man. He has yeah. little pointy
0: boots. With yeah, them. he's got little pointy boots. Yeah. He's much scarier than he should be. Right. For a guy who has, like I think, like a handkerchief on his yeah, head. Yeah, he has a handkerchief has on his head. He's sort of <laughs> like
1: a Spider-Zorro.
0: <laughs> he's Pointy-Shoes Hanky-Man. Yeah. yeah. It shouldn't be frightening, but he is. Cause he's a Tarantula. So uh, the question still stands. They're not big furry Tarantulas, just little spiders that should be harmless, but a lot of them would begin to appear in your home. They wouldn't necessarily congregate. They'd just be like everywhere you look like, oh yeah, another spider. Because I watched Spider-Man Homecoming on Blu-ray again. Well, then I'd watch it uh, on a plane to see what would happen. (laughs) (laughs) Spiders on a plane. Or you go
1: to Walmart and just fill that fucking place with spiders. Yeah, I guess I would try it and I would just sit with a shop (laughs) vac.
0: Excellent, excellent, yes With great Spider-Man comes a big shop vac Yes The new Hal Lublin motto I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession What what noise do you want to make to sum up your obsession with Spider-Man? Yeah! <laughs> nice, nice Because it's just, there's there's a glee in it Yes, he's swinging through the air. He's coping with his tragedy. He's doing good deeds. Yes. It's fun.
1: There's joy and humor in a Spider-Man book. It does. It's not necessarily all heavy. Yeah, and it makes the heavy moments uh, sit better. I think because it, it, they sort of stick out.
0: Yeah, yeah, and because he he acknowledges them. They're there, and I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to cope with them, maybe by making jokes. All right, I am going to rate your obsession. Okay, a scale. Of one to seven scientifically constructed web shooters. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, One being the lowest, seven being the highest. Yes. I am going to give you a uh, 5.7 web shooters. I'll take that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know you like Spider-Man a lot. Yes. But it also seems like you're grounded Mm -hmm. in reality, much like Spider-Man comic books. Yes. Like, there are places that I will not go. This is something I like a lot and I'm willing to be obsessive about in particular details. Like, yes. right now, you are being obsessive about the Homecoming movie. Absolutely. But there are other parts of your life where, like, well, no, I, Spider, Spider-Man doesn't come in here.
1: Yes. I have <laughs> to keep Spidey walled off. I have to keep him compartmentalized. <laughs> Com- Can't let him take over.
0: <laughs> Compartmentalize your Spidey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you tell people where they can find you and plug your great podcast and all that?
1: Yes. This is coming out on July 7th. Yes. So, uh, first of all, listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal. And also listen to Tights and Fights, which is the other uh, podcast I host on Maximum Fund, is about wrestling. Nice. And of course, Randy Savage was in that scene that I that I yeah. uh, was part of in Spider Man. But uh, if you're in the Philadelphia area and you're a listener of this podcast, or we got this, or you want to see what we got this is about, we're doing a live show. Awesome. On Friday, the 21st, as part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival at Ruba Club, and you can get tickets either at the door or at bit.ly forward slash We Got Philly.
0: Nice, and that was not reading. You have that Bitly memorized. I
1: do. (laughs) I am the gatekeeper of the (laughs) Bitlys.
0: Memorize your Bitlys, Hal Lublin. And on uh, social media, you're just at Hal Lublin, right?
1: Yep, Hal Lublin. HalLublin.com. Uh, Hal Loveland official on Facebook.
0: Okay, and we got this is at we got this tweets? uh, We got this tweets, yes. Nice, nice. Okay, so here's some quick plugs for this very show and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can check out my pop culture comedy station on Anchor. It is called Headcanon. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. As you are listening to this, I am at Convergence in Minneapolis. I'll be at Dragon in Atlanta so come find me. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon for as little as one dollar a month. You get access to our monthly patron only bonus episodes. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash Joseph Scrimshaw. Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best pitchman ever. <laughs> I'm going to start ending every sentence with mumbling Excelsior.
1: Excelsior. Excelsior. <laughs> uh, here
0: are our final questions. Don't have anything to do with your obsession, but they can if you want. If okay. you could be an Olympic champion at anything, what would you want to be a champion of? Oh,
1: so not a sport. You could be a sport. Okay. But anything you want. Um, I'm going I'm to go sports. Okay. I love basketball. I wish I was way better at it. Okay. So i go basketball or ping pong because I'm pretty <laughs> good at ping pong. Okay. But I would love to be an elite ping pong player. Yeah.
0: You'd like to be able to just really show people up.
1: Yeah. Well, like I'm decent. At it. I, I'm decent. I can beat most people. Oh, wow. Um, I have reach. I ah. know how to like counter spin and counter slams and stuff and <laughs> slam, slam the ball myself. But I would love to be like, I love like. Every once in a while, see those people who are just—they're playing like six feet off the table. Yeah, and,
0: and yeah, and you'd like to stand there and get the gold for ping ponging. Yeah, <laughs> this is a ping ponging fool. <laughs> That's awesome. If you were an action figure, what accessories would you come with?
1: Emotional baggage. Emotional baggage and uh, a Bitly. <laughs> yeah, I think probably my cell phone. Okay. Uh, and right now, a PlayStation Four controller. Oh, oh okay. Oh, actually, no. Hold on. Cell phone and a microphone.
0: Oh a yeah, phone and a
1: microphone or a microphone and a little like Zoom. Oh yeah, H6.
0: to show to demonstrate podcasting. Yes, and if you could have a playset that the Hal Lublin action figure went on, would it be like in a little recording booth? Yes, nice, yeah, nice. And uh, because you are of the age that understands this, if your action figure, if you could squeeze Hal Lublin's legs and you did a fun action. Yes. Like the uh, superpowers action figures used to do. What would your fun action be? <laughs>
1: it would probably be my mouth opening and closing. <laughs> and they could do the switch on the back, or you could squeeze it. Right. And then nice. as I did that, my arms just went out and, like, I don't know. You're talking. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gesticulating wildly.
0: Nice. Squeeze Hal's legs for exciting <laughs> podcast talking action. My new
1: Tumblr, <laughs> squeezehal's An excellent
0: segue to our final question What is happiness?
1: Uh, being content with who you are, no matter what anybody else thinks.
0: That is great. I think that is something we all struggle towards, including Spider-Man. Yes. So a great way to end the podcast. Thank you for so much for coming and doing this.
1: Thanks for having me anytime.
0: Awesome. That is our podcast.
1: You've been listening to
0: Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest.
1: Rate five stars if you're impressed. Hello, true believers. This is Stan Lee. And I want you to know something. I invented the Obsessed podcast. It was me and me alone. So don't listen to Joseph Scrimshaw. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I was the one who was obsessed and the only one who came up with it. I also invented the word obsessed and dictionaries. Excelsior!